Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I would like to welcome you to the Sunday Book Review. The Sunday Book Review is the series where I discuss books which impact the compliance practitioner, the legal professional, and the business professional. I hope you will enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Sunday Book Review for March 21, 2021. Last week, we looked at books about William Faulkner. Today, we take up my four favorite books by William Faulkner. Of course, I began with The Sound and the Fury. Uh, the novel centers on the Compson family, former Southern aristocrats who are struggling to deal with the dissolution of the family and its reputation. It takes place over 30 years. The novel is narr- separated rather into four narratives. The first reflecting on events occurring and consequential thoughts on April 7, 1928, and written in the voice and perspective of Benji Compson, an intellectually disabled 33-year-old. Second section takes place on June 2, 1910, and focuses on Quentin Compton, Benji's older brother, and the events leading up to his suicide. And the third section is written on the day before, rather on uh, the set the day before, April 6th, 1928, and Faulkner takes a viewpoint of Jason, Quentin's cynical younger brother. And in the fourth section, which is set on April 8, 1928, Faulkner focuses on Dilsey, one of the Compton's black servants, and her relations with Jason and Miss Quentin Compton, the daughter of Quentin's sister, Caddy, as Dilsey contemplates the thoughts and deeds of everyone in the Compton family. Next is I Lay Dying. This book is narrated by 15 characters over 59 chapters. It is the story of the death of Addie Burden, Bundren rather, and her poor rural family's quest and motivations, nobish and selfish, to honor her wish to be buried in her hometown of Jefferson, Mississippi. The uh, story is how or about them taking her body and uh, to, to burial as is with many of Faulkner's works. The story is set at Yonkanapatawa County, which Faulkner referred to as his apocryphal county in a fictional rendition of his home county in the same state. It's a fascinating journey as the family's wagon trek begins and what happens nine days later when they arrive in. Next up is Light in August. This novel is also set in the same time period, uh, the 1930s, during the time of Prohibition and Jim Crow. It begins with the journey of Lena Gove, a pregnant young woman from Doan's Mill, Alabama, who's trying to find Lucas Birch, the father of her unborn child. He's been fired from his job at Doan's Mill and has moved to Mississippi, promising to send word for her when he has a new job. Not hearing from Birch and harassed by her older brother for her illegitimate pregnancy, Lena walks and hitchhikes hitchhikes to Jefferson, Mississippi. There she expects to find Lucas working at another planting mill, readying to marry her. Those who help her along her four-week trek are skeptical that he will be found or will keep his promise. When she arrives in Jefferson, Lucas is there, but he's changed his name to Joe Brown. Looking for Lucas, Lena meets the mild manner. Byron Birch, who falls in love with Lena but feels honor-bound to help her find Joe Brown. Thoughtful and religious, Byron is superior, and his shyness prevents him from showing his love for 
And our final story is Absalom, Absalom, which details the rise and fall of Thomas Sutpen, a white man born into poverty in West Virginia who moves to Mississippi with the complementary aims of gaining wealth and becoming a powerful family patriarch. The story is told entirely in flashbacks, narrated mostly by Quentin Compson, who you remember from an earlier story, to his roommate at Harvard University, Shreve, who frequently contributes his own suggestions and surmises. The narration of Rosa Coldfield and Quentin's grandfather and father are also included and reinterpreted by Shreve and Quentin with the total events unfolding in non-chronological order and often with differing tales details. The final effect leaves the reader uncertain about the attitudes and biases of the characters rather than the facts of the story. It's a fascinating novel, and I would heartily suggest that you read all four. We have several new podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network. I would urge you to check out. We have Head to Head by Quarterly Compliance, which uh, premiered this past week. Also, this month on the Compliance Life, we have Rob Chesnut, former CCO at Airbnb, who's written a great book called Intentional Integrity. We have the Ethics and Compliance Library, a conversant podcast hosted by Lauren Siegel, as well as ComTech, a podcast on the intersection of compliance and technology, Big Brains in Compliance. And finally, we have the Compliance Handbook, where I take a deep dive exploration into topics related to the nuts and bolts of compliance. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.